Listeners, you can blame Colm and his jet-setting ways to somewhere like Taunton for this podcast being late. Welcome to And The Kick Is Good. Called Dorchester. Tucker, it would be the longest in NFL history if it's good. A 66-yard try. Tucker's kick is on the way. It is good. It's crossbar, and it tumbles through. It is good. Time has expired. Justin Tucker. Yes, hello and welcome to episode 123 of the And the Kick is Good podcast. I'm your host. My name's Tom, and I'm joined as usual by Just Column again this week. Still no Brad. But for now, say hello, Guy. Hello, Guy. Indeed. Uh, it was very unlikely that we were going to get a Brad appearance after his team got roundly fucking ruined by the Eagles, um, especially as he didn't appear after after his kind of, uh, or on his what would have been gloating episode last week. So I can't say we're too surprised. Um, but yes, this is your uh, divisional round recap podcast coming at you on a Friday morning. Um but uh, yeah, that has allowed us to to get some new breaking news in the in the world of head coaches, hires, etc. Um, and also, I guess, some clarity on some quote unquote injuries. Um, also, if we really wanted to go into it, we could dissect the latest Aaron Rodgers, Pat McAfee appearance. <laughs> I'm no, I'm much more interested in dissecting uh, Michael Parsons' tweets, to be honest. I hadn't seen them. I've only seen Stefan Diggs tweets. So between uh, us, yeah. we can uh, we can get through some functional social media sifting. Um, however, before I ask you uh, for the news, how's your week been? Yeah, very good, thank you. Uh, I had to go talk to some vets today. That's veteran uh, veterinarians, not veterans. Um, <laughs> nice, nice how you stumbled that joke yeah, so yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> They said, "Oh, we have a meeting from four to five thirty. We'd like to come and talk to, uh, you know, our vets." I said, "Sure. How long do you want me to talk for?" They said, "Well, the meeting's ninety minutes long." I said, "It'll be good, good if you get an hour out of me because that is a long time to talk." <laughs> <laughs> and to, to my credit, I gave them an hour, and they were very happy with my talk. So, you know. So, what are their views on why Nick Bosa should be the defensive player of the year then, Colin? <laughs> No, it was very much about John Lynch and why he's the uh, front office executive of the year. Read all about it. Latest football scores. Morning paper. Morning star. Paper mister. So I guess we'll um, we'll start with quick news. Um, there have been some coordinators uh, hired into not necessarily pastures new, um, but at least some uh, some new desks for them. Um, the one that is kind of being roundly mocked is Bill O'Brien going back to the New England Patriots as I believe offensive coordinator. Is is he actually being given that title this year? Yeah, offensive coordinator. Uh... And oh no, sorry, I was just reading his old title of offensive coordinator and QB coach. That's why he is at Alabama. I think he is just the offensive coordinator for the New England Footballing Patriots. Yep. Um, you know, I, Bill has his guys. That's how he yeah. made his name. That's how he got the head coach job at the Texans. So you know, I, I can't blame yeah. him for going back. And and we'll just see what happens. Like yeah. the people trying to force hot takes out of this are working for sports networks that need to build 21 hours of live football or live sports coverage um yeah. that's not us so we can move on yeah you and i said before we started this we wanted to run through that one fairly quick 
Uh, Tom, top 12 Bill O'Brien moments uh, from over the years? <laughs> um, I th- honestly, the, you know, when you look at Bill O'Brien, the first thing, I'm like, I, I can't help but notice it, and, and I'm hoping this is going to be one of those glass shatters moments for everyone else. His chin is very odd. He has I, a chin well, dipple that looks like you could fit an olive in it. He always looks like Chris, uh, I think his name was Chris Maloney to me. Uh, and if you've seen him in something and I show you a photo of him, you'll go, oh yeah, I can sort of see that. Um, <laughs> Are you he, asking me if I've seen a somewhat niche uh, actor? Because the, you should know by now after, I mean, what are we, 16 years of friendship? <laughs> that that is just not going to happen. Maybe he turned up in your favourite film of all time, Limitless. <laughs> or snatch anyway um we can we can move on from that i'm not going to click the link you've just sent me i'm refusing to look at it to um to, to go oh yeah um the jets have hired nathaniel hackett as their offensive coordinator um this has led to all sorts of aaron Rodgers news or no- noise or notes or whatever th- you know kind of descriptive words you want to use um to drum up the kind of Aaron Rodgers rumours uh, that have been circling for a while, you have to say, um, kind of landed on his feet in terms of getting an offensive coordinator job immediately after the complete shit show that he just ran in Denver. But um, maybe that's just a Denver thing because that's where McDaniels went and was terrible, right? Like yeah. the first time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not a great. It doesn't seem like a great place to coach. Then he's gone to the Jets, which is also. Not a great place to coach. I'm trying to think of the last time a coordinator was hired as a head coach out of a Jets, and it's hard to think of. Um, it might just be after Rex Ryan was fired from there, he got hired by the Bills shortly afterwards. Um, <laughs> yeah, last I can think of. Um, <laughs> I do like the idea that Nathaniel Hackett will develop a career as the guy that keeps getting hired in the hopes of luring Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> like, I, like if I just stretches for like the next five years, that would be very, very funny to me. So what you're saying is, in three years, he's going to be hired as like a Fox Sports News analyst yeah. in the hope that Fox can get him to come into the booth. By the way, so, Aaron yeah. Rodgers in a booth could be wild. Yeah, some sort of like CBD, uh, like or you know, cannabis oil company hire Nathaniel Hackett as an executive on the hopes that like uh, they can get Aaron Rodgers as a spokesman or something. <laughs> Um, okay then uh, any other oh yes probably the biggest news maybe Nathaniel, <laughs> maybe Aaron Rodgers family will uh, hire Nathaniel Hackett to try and lure Aaron Rodgers <laughs> um, the Carolina Panthers have hired um, Frank Reich who's been out of a job what three weeks <laughs> that? Um, uh, eight weeks we've got to remember that Jeff Saturday went oh, one and seven of course of course sorry sorry um Yes, uh, as their new head coach, um, replacing Steve Wilkes, who did uh, a slap-up job, I think is the terminology I'm going to use from now on <laughs> to describe that job. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm i not necessarily surprised. Um, I, I think it's just not a match that many people had made. Yeah, I think there's like there are some quote-unquote sexy like coordinators out there, right, who you would go... It'd be interesting to see him do the job for the first time. We've seen Frank Wright do an admirable job um, with the Colts, even though it kind of obviously fell apart this year. Um, 
it's an interesting one for me that, yeah, for a franchise that has been searching for a franchise quarterback since Cam yeah, right, 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 right. They've hired a head coach that hasn't been able to find one. That's exactly where my head went. Yeah. So again, maybe it's like, well, this guy's great at attracting veteran QBs. Maybe we get Aaron Rodgers to come to <laughs> Carolina. That wouldn't look right. That that would look terrible from an optics standpoint. Like as in physically looking at Aaron Rodgers in a Carolina uniform. Yeah. I, I that don't that don't fit. There's a lot that don't, but that one particularly is a bit rough. Um is that everything in terms of coordinators, etc.? I suppose just touch on well, it's not really news, but Sean Payton looks like a lot of his opportunities are closing. Some rumors out there that he has clashed he thinks there would be a clash with uh some of the ownership group for the Broncos and is therefore uh, unlikely to get a job this time. Um, it sounded very much like a subtweet about Condoleezza Rice, uh, and that is not a beef I had. Um, uh, you know, uh, in my schedule this at the year. start, yeah, at the start of the season when you broke down your wild hot takes for coach slash celebrity um, beef. Are you suggesting on on your twenty five long list you didn't have Condoleezza Rice and Sean Payton? I did not. No. Goodness, goodness. What was number twenty-five out of interest? What bumped? What bumped Peyton versus Rice? Oh, that was easily going to be um, uh, Dallas Goddard and um, uh, Mark Wahlberg. Nice. Uh, okay. Yeah. What a fight! Uh, no. <laughs> I'm not sure the War of Worlds I, would be quite as good, but but that's something I'm, else. I'm not going to talk about it on the podcast, but after this, I am going to show you a genuine quote by Mark Wahlberg regarding 9/11, which I still think about on a weekly basis great content for the pod yeah okay shall we move into the games let's do that okay um we're gonna go afc first talk about the two fc matchups and then uh, and then get into the nfc matchups after that um so we'll go with the first game of the weekend probably the best game of the weekend as well um the chiefs beat the jaguars 27 to 20 um kind of tough to talk about anything other than Patrick Mahomes which is normally how you start a Chiefs game analysis um but this was for kind of injury slash health reasons um he was kind of sandwiched in a tackle whilst uh trying to throw the ball I believe I can't remember if it was a carry or, yeah. or a pass attempt um and the tackle from behind or the tackler from behind kind of slid down the body landed on Mahomes's trailing leg which bent his ankle in the only way to describe it is an unnatural way Mm. um Mahomes like came out went back in handed off the ball a couple of times went back to the locker room like it was it was pretty shaky for a bit there um in the end came out after half time um and with it heavily taped up and played I believe the rest of the game there was no point where he 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 was um benched for like because they were winning the game handily um and and so his status for this week is not necessarily in question. You know, he, I believe he is on the injury report despite practicing. Um, he is obviously going to play. It's the fucking championship round. But this is the type of thing that it kind of feels like you need to beat the Chiefs in, in the playoffs is you need that bit of luck. Um, the Jags didn't get that 
on Saturday. Um, they, they didn't get close to guarding Travis Kelsey, who had 14 receptions for 98 yards and two touchdowns, um, which I believe ended up being the tight end record for receptions in a playoff game um, and was one short of the overall reception record for a playoff game. I, I believe that's that was... Right, Brad was chatting to us throughout the game, wasn't he? Um, was uh, very keen to watch that record go. Uh, bless him, he didn't get to see it broken. That's uh, Chad Henney's fault, that. Um, yeah, it's... It, obviously, this injury brings back memories of the, I want to say, 2021 Super Bowl, where the Chiefs lost to Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl final, uh, and... Mahomes was the running Super around Bowl like, final. The, well, yeah, not the semi-final of the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl final. <laughs> Mahomes was running around best as he could. Like he had two very injured uh, tackles and doing his best, but he was hobbled. He was struggling throughout that game, and the, the Chiefs therefore couldn't play at their full strength. You know, you would normally, I think, back the Chiefs versus the field right but when Mahomes is questionable or not 100% and can't do that special magic stuff he does you start to think that the field might stand a chance and these we'll get into it eventually the team that they're going to face in a championship game could stand a very good chance against them yeah um I don't want to go too long on the Chiefs because we'll talk about them next week regardless right so um from from the Jaguar side of things, this was the next step on the ladder, right? They were yeah. heavy underdogs in this one. Um, they put up a, a damn good fight. Okay, it was against a you know an injured Mahomes for decent stretches of it, but they they got pressure. They gave up pressure. Um, you know they had a, a, a couple of really good kind of receiving plays. Lawrence. And okay, it's like Lawrence's stat line is not good, right? Twenty four of thirty nine, two hundred and seventeen yards and one touchdown. But he looks like he belongs in the AFC playoffs. And you you brought it up last week. You compare what we are saying about Lawrence for most of this season to what we were saying last season. And we we did say it with a caveat of batshit crazy head coach situation. Offense doesn't look right. And it's his fucking rookie year. So we we made allowances for it. But you still got to go out there and make the steps. And he has, like, he is there now. Like, he is a star. Absolutely. Uh, someone said earlier th- uh, this week that it took nearly a decade. I don't mean it was quite a decade, but a good few years before Peyton Manning won his first playoff game. Um, you know, maybe Peyton Manning is too heady of a comparison for Trevor Lawrence, particularly in his second year. He was getting those comparisons, I think, because of the uh, interception numbers he was putting up first year. Uh, you know, he is looking like he is ready to be one of the NFL leaders, even if he's not fully there yet. And he's just had he's had a much better year than his rookie year. We'll and, never know, yeah. um, but but take like Jamar Chase away from uh, Joe Burrow last year, and I'm like, who puts up a better second season, Burrow Burrow without Chase last year, or what Lawrence just put on film? Because I I think you know seventy to eighty percent of the NFL public are taking Burrow without blinking over Lawrence. And I'm like, I, I think you have to understand how much of a supporting cast Burrow has compared to Lawrence on like every level, right? Yeah, I'm not so sure Zay Jones is the fourth wide receiver for the Bengals. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
Like when when you're thrown to Evan Ingram as a legitimate part of your pass attack, that like he got heavy volume the final eight weeks of the season. Um, anything else you want to bring up about this game? No, good on the Jags for turning around their season as much as they did. Um, still an eight and nine record in the regular season. I think that's something they'll definitely improve on next year. I think the next step for commercialism in the in the NFL is giving each division uh, like a, a, a company tagline. And the AFC South would be, you've always got a chance. <laughs> because it's just, it doesn't doesn't matter where you are week 10. Like, you could be three and seven and you're like, well, you know, if, if we go unbeaten from here, like, we could, we could win this shit. Um, okay, let's go to the Bengals and the Bills. Um, a surprise scoreline, if not necessarily a result. I, I don't know where, the, where Vegas were on this, but I can't imagine it was a huge one either way. Um, the Bengals win it 27 to 10. Um, they just manhandled the Bills up front, both sides of the ball. Um, this, despite the record of the Bills, if you sat down and watched them for long periods of the sort of last month to two of the season, this wasn't completely far-fetched. You know, getting getting blown out by a good football team. Um, Josh Allen has not been right since the injury. Um, if if that's long like long standing, if that's going to affect him for the next four or five years, that is a serious serious worry. Um, indications are that it won't. But what's a franchise supposed to do? Hold up their hands and go, yeah, we're fucked, boys. We've got to go get another QB. So I think that's that's one of those things that you you're going to hear about it all off season. And it's going to be great, and it's going to be healthy, and he'll be throwing on time, and this and that, and then he'll come out week one, throw three picks, and everyone will go, ooh, and and you know, it it's kind of that is the trendy storyline coming out of this, but not enough is being said about the Bengals' offensive line, who had three backup start on it and whooped the Bills up and down the field, ran whenever the fuck they wanted, threw the ball underneath whenever the fuck they wanted, and just challenged the Bills to stop them at any damn point, which they just couldn't do. Um, this it, leaves a... Go on. I was it. This game seemed like... Because it was a snow game, and it seemed like the Bills were vastly unprepared for snow, right? They were slipping <laughs> and sliding, and it looked like the only one that remembered to wear snowshoes was Joe Mixon. Yeah, and he, Joe Mixon, 20 carries, 105 yards and a touchdown. Um, he is the, the like, archetypical second round running back that you do not pay, right? Because <laughs> he's yeah. like, <laughs> and you, you, maybe you give him, you know, the, uh, some kind of, well, you can't really, you could tag him, I guess, in the, in the fifth year, right? But you, you ride him for four years, you pay him that fifth year money, and then you go, cool, cheers, thanks a lot. Like, just I just need to go and pick up another guy off the scrap heap, get another guy in the draft, stick him behind a good offensive line, know that they can't load the box because we have Burrow and Chase and Higgins and everyone else, and just roll and let him go get four and a half, five yards of carry. Um, the sort of say he didn't play well in this game, right? But he's not a transcendent running back, and and yet you know he, he is he rocked this game. Um, conversely, this is one of the things I, I really wanted to pick up. Like Josh Allen, they they were terrified of him getting injured in this game. Eight carries, um, six for Devin Singletary, five for James Cook. Like they were, the, the Bills were seen as one of the best all round rosters, like through the off season, right? And that's yeah. why 
that's why they were the James Cook landing place because he he was sort of this this sprinkle on top of the ice cream option a lot of people thought and it's a rookie year right but you're a running back in this offense if you can't make it work and he has had flashes this season but boy he's making a lot of people look real silly right now for for where he was taken and and kind of the role and the explosion that people thought he was going to have I don't think that people necessarily thought he was going to come in and take just all the running touches on this team but I don't think people thought that in a game where they had to have it he would get five touches are you, you know, saying, after a full season are you saying in a dynasty league you would advise to sell James <laughs> Cooks right now um I, I maybe I don't know tough to um tough to really evaluate I, I don't have any experience in dynasty leagues so um <laughs> you know but uh I I could I can understand but what price would you get on him at this point you know difficult um yeah, I wouldn't offer a third round from no. no uh but the um the other one um to kind of come out of this Brandon Bean has said this week uh in his kind of closing season uh, press conferences uh, that there won't be any kind of big front page free agency signings this year um, then it was pointed out that he said that last year and then signed Von Miller um, his counter to that was that Von Miller counts as this season's splashy front page signing as well um, which I, I love as a guy that slams the table that the cap is real um, because yeah their, their cap is not good um, they are at risk of losing Jordan Poyer and Tremaine Edmonds, who are very good players. Poyer has had issues staying healthy, and Tremaine Edmonds is an off-ball linebacker. So they are two of the kind of less uh, generally considered necessary positions in the NFL in 2023 at this point. Um, but they will command top dollar for their positions, and and so keeping them is going to be difficult when you consider that Allen's contract is going to roll and roll and roll and and that Von Miller contract as Brandon Bean said like that is kicking them in the arse for the next year or two um it really ain't pretty and I said it when it was signed when when the when the details came out of that car I went like that is that is pushing all the chips to the table that's throwing your keys in the bowl you know that's slapping your member on the table and go look at how big my balls are because like that he had to be the piece to do it mm. and and you saw in this game they just they they couldn't get the pressure they just didn't happen yeah obviously the uh, it was an ACL he suffered wasn't it uh, I, I can't remember if it was in the end that was the that was the original fear yeah but I I, I don't know if it was in the end or if it was something sure. quote unquote minor um, either, either way you'd say as storied as uh, Von Miller's career has been to this point he is kind of at that stage now where you expect him to be signing one year, 10 mil deals, bouncing around team to team, kind of, you know, third he's, down he's, Russia exclusive kind of guy. He's signing the, the deal that JJ Watt did, I think, from, from memory, where it was like heavy, heavy second year, you know, come in and, and really rock the boat year one and we can kind of get out of it. You know, it, it would hurt a little bit, but we can get out of it in the second year if you just can't do it anymore. And instead he got two and a half years basically fully guaranteed at signing at a huge fucking number which yeah i mean goddamn ring speak you know yeah anywho there you go um, I, it would be very interesting if this is considered the last like you know if they do lose edmonds and poya and because of 
cap issues, they start to lose a lot of the really talented, well-roundedness that the Bills have at the moment. And theoretically, you know, there's a, I think there's an equal chance at the moment. Allen goes on to get two free rings here and becomes the greatest player in Bills' memory. There's also a chance that this might be the high point for the Bills, and they struggle to build such an equally talented roster uh, because of cap complications. Yeah, in, uh, in three or four years, we're looking at um, we're looking at Allen. Like uh, this, the the, the comparison like came more situation. You know? So I, I was going to go more recent, and the comparison is way more on roster, etc., than it is on the actual player type. Although that kind of fits, but like Cam Newton's time in Carolina, right? Sure. Where the roster just, it was there. I mean, the Panthers were never considered a serious Super Bowl contender, but they, they, were, they were damn good. You know, I mean, what did they have, a 12-win season, a 13-win season? Obviously got there against the Broncos, um, where Von Miller did shit. Um, but And the Seahawks, did they face? No, they can't face the Seahawks, could they? <laughs> in, this, what, in the Super Bowl final, Colin? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and, and, then, and then his body fell off. And then once he stopped really being that huge dual threat, you know, all the all the lackluster, all the all the luster kind of fell off of him. So, I I wonder if that comparison, you know, as you say, could hold true, or whether he could go down the the two or three ring route it is obviously possible. But that road in the AFC for the next call it three or four years it looks fucking horrendous to try and get through. Yeah. And the other thing is they need wide receivers. Not to not to go back to this game, but like Gabe Davis so clearly isn't the two anymore. They brought fucking Cole Beasley back with like four weeks left of the season. Um Stephen Diggs is good. But Stephen Diggs is great. Um but he, he can't hold up a passing attack by himself. And when they have a lockdown or when they face guys that can lock down the number one wide receiver, that their their passing game has struggled at time. Dawson Knox is a nice option underneath, but like Gabe Davis needs to be your cool, your R three run really fucking fast that way. Occasionally turn around, um, and then we need a, a guy underneath. If they had money and cap room, like Adam Thielen is screaming to be on this team at like a two year. What you're just determined to put Thielen and Diggs back on the same field together again, aren't you? Um, I had not even made that link in my head, but you know. <laughs> That, that that dependable second option is is so necessary for this team. Juju Smith Schuster is a guy that's hitting well, that is is scheduled to hit free agency, but um I, I no chance he loses Can, Kansas. Like, I just cannot understand why anybody would leave Kansas when you're in, you know. Yeah. Ask Tyreek Hill, I guess. I will, yeah. I, look, well, well, final point I'm gonna make on the wide yeah. receivers, because I'm desperate to talk about the NFC for obvious reasons. But do you remember we spent the entire season having uh, Ian Rappaport talking about where is Odell going to land? Which team is Odell going to play for? <laughs> and then he was like, I'm going to wait to the playoffs. And the playoffs have rolled around and we have not heard from Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Is it... He's not done, is he? He gets into a camp next year, right? Oh, yeah. I think it was, from what I understand, is he, I think, had a workout with the Cowboys. And the Cowboys thought he was still uh, recovering from like his injuries. They weren't yeah, interested. Sure. Yeah. Because otherwise, there was no no reason for the Cowboys not to sign Odell if they, you know, thought he was healthy enough. So I'm guessing he just needs another uh, few months to recover from his injury. Sure. Right. Let's go to the NFC. Um, let's go to the Eagles versus the Giants first. Um, sure. I'll start with a confession on this one. I watched okay. the first half. 
had to go out somewhere. Sorry, I watched, you know, uh, 40 minutes, got to halftime, had to go out somewhere, came back and was like, honestly, there's no point me watching the second half of this game. <laughs> no. Like, nothing is going to change about my as, assessment. Yeah, as with most of the Eagles games this season. Um, they 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 rocked this one. What was great was was watching it watching it back, and the first play goes for two yards on a run up the middle, and you go, you know, if if the Giants just do that, right? If they can just do that, and they can keep the game in front of, oh, they've just been hit for a sixty yard completion down the left hand side, <laughs> second play from scrimmage, and you go, mm, yeah, that's gonna be a problem. Um, and that was how the game went. Um. It finished 38-7 to the Eagles. Um, but I, I think what the Eagles did very early, not to say that they took the foot off the gas, but I think they schemed so much on tape for the Niners this week or for whoever they were going to play. But the amount of quick edge passes that they threw, you know, with it, where it's like a stack of wide receivers, AJ Brown blocks the wide receiver, and then it's... Um, Devonta Smith versus like a slot corner or a middle linebacker trying to get over. Um, and we're going to see that, I reckon, second drive in the championship game. They're going to fake that and hit like a long one over or try and hit a long one over to AJ Brown who like blocks and releases or, or goes to block and release. And like, I think they were, they were putting so much on tape from, you know, the second sort of second quarter onwards because this game was, was handily done, you know. Because those, it's not like if they were just doing those plays and they were doing nothing with them. Like those plays were were succeeding as well, um, and this was the ideal game for the Eagles. Um, everything got home. It was like waves of men <laughs> being thrown at Daniel Jones, um, and like th- this was. There's there's nothing more to say about this game. I don't think. Um, the, like if if we want to talk about the Giants for a second, this is again the they are the Jaguars of the NFC, right? If anything, they're a step behind the Jaguars in terms of they got to the playoffs. Like that that fuck me, that's an achievement on what they were kind of generally considered to do coming into this season. Um, they they won a playoff game, like big tick. Do I think they're necessarily destined to win a playoff game next year? Fuck no. Would I put money on the Jags to win a playoff game next year? Probably. So like I guess that's where the whole step behind the Giants thing comes from. Um yeah. no, step behind the Jags kind of mindset comes from. But like this is still a completely successful season for the Giants, other than <laughs> like not knowing what they're doing at quarterback which sounds like a huge but right but you came into the season thinking that you would you would looking for a quarterback this year and and it was an evaluation but you're you, you have a starting point on an evaluation and the starting point was we need a new quarterback um and whether this system works in next year and whether they can do the same thing and be, you know, crazy run heavy and the defense will keep them just above water for a lot of the time and the front four, which is scheduled to kind of lose pieces, is going to stay as good as it was. Like, that, that's all questionable. But they, the issue they have is that it, it's Daniel Jones and it's Saquon Barkley. Like, it, it's both of them are up in the air. You obviously can't tag both. Um, but getting Daniel Jones back in the building at a you know good price 
is very difficult because a good price for a quarterback is a bad price for any other like any other position in the league um and so you don't really want to go down the route of paying a running back big money because that that has shown generally not to work and Barkley has injury issues and so there's a real big balancing act that has to be done there where you probably expect one of them gets tagged uh, um, the tag numbers I believe it's like 30 mil for a QB and about, and about 10.1 mil for a running back and so it's just like where where does the value lie who are they more confident in in terms of the guarantees that they have to give out and one of the kind of sneaky fun parts as a guy that loves cap and contract negotiations of the offseason is going to be quite how the Giants play it. Yeah, the reason the Giants are in this situation, it should be mentioned, is they declined the fifth-year option on Daniel Jones, meaning that they are now having to negotiate his contract rather than pay him, I'm guessing, somewhere north of 20 mil uh, for his fifth year. Oh, it would have been huge. Season. And, and it would have um, been fully guaranteed as well. Yeah, but you would have felt confident paying him that for one year. What you don't like is the idea of guaranteed money and ending up in a similar situation to what the Eagles were in when it came to Carson Wentz after his, uh, you know, after his if, MVP if, Super Bowl year. If that's the case, then they just tag him. Like if if they are comfortable giving him thirty to thirty-five mil fully guaranteed, then they just tag him. Mm. And I guess they could, but the issue is with that is then you have thirty-five mil on the cap. Yeah. In, in a in, which in your quarterback ain't a problem if your quarterback is you know <laughs> the focal point of your offense but yeah you I know spent, you, you put yeah. Jacoby Brissett on this Giants team and they're like what minus one to two wins I'm gonna argue yeah. it's yeah I spent four seasons trying to work out what the fair comparison is for Daniel Jones and I think I've settled on Alex Smith um you know, I, he's not as good as Alex Smith. Like I, unless you're talking about the player type, then. I, but he's not. He's not close to what Alex Smith was when, when Alex Smith was at his best. Unless you mean, do you, do you mean with the Niners? Yeah, like his okay. final year with the Niners, right? Well, second to final year, you know. Oh, no, I, I, I mean, coming out, like his his rookie stuff. Yeah, yeah, his rookie year, final year of his rookie deal. You know, he's had I think four offensive coordinators constant scheme change in and out of the lineup final year uh Harbaugh comes in shows a massive rejuvenation and then the team's like well he sucked for four years um there's a big name QB out there called Peyton Manning we're kind of flirting with what do we want to do with this guy and they settled talking on... through this makes me feel so old yeah <laughs> I, re- I like i remember that shit the peyton manning sweepstake imagine this podcast with the peyton manning sweepstake was going on oh my yeah. god anyway um, and they settled on a three year 20 million dollar contract uh, what a bargain and then halfway through the season he gets injured and then it becomes a colin kaepernick story instead uh, yes. and yeah that that's kind of what i see daniel that's where i see daniel jones currently in his career is he's had a very turbulent time, but he may have found his head coach. And that might be the thing that settles him into a good QB. But don't let Brad hear that I've said that, because I've been <laughs> slagging off Daniel Jones for the last four years. 
Yep, indeed you have. Um, and that culminates in taking us towards the <laughs> the final game of the night and the one that's going to probably stretch us over an hour for this podcast. Uh, for, for the record, we're at 36 minutes. Uh, the 49ers and the Cowboys. Colm, take us away. Yep, the 49ers beat the Dallas Cowboys 19-12. Uh, to 12. It was um, an old-fashioned slugfest is probably the best way to t- uh, call it. The passing game didn't go very well for either team. The running game didn't go very well for either team. Uh, but boy, did defenses turn up. Uh, Brock Purdy was constantly harried and harassed. You know, a lot of pressure coming from Mike Parsons and the rest of that Dallas defense. Um, Dak Prescott had, a, I'd say, two ugly picks. There's a bit of a meltdown on that front from his perspective. Ultimately, the 49ers won, I think, because they were able to secure a slightly better field position uh, and get... Uh, some you know easier easier field goals and then eventually a touchdown as well came down to the chance the Cowboys had on a final play they needed 76 yards uh, with about six seconds left and there's not much you can do in that situation um, you know it's a very you know you might as well try something rather improbable which the Cowboys did um, I don't think they understood what they were trying to do was part of the problem <laughs> Um, they lined up with Zeke ineligible as the centre, who snapped the ball back to Dak Prescott, who, uh, well, then Zeke immediately gets pancaked. Dak throws to his wide receiver, um, who has <laughs> this is a high ball to him, so he has to jump up to catch it, and before he can start any sort of lateral, he is immediately tackled, and the game ends. Um, I could draw up, like, like I said, it's an improbable play, You've got very little chance. You might as well try something exotic. I could drop 20 better plays than that. And I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing. Right? I, it was a so I have Having watched it probably a hundred times, I yeah. think, and this is going to sound insane, and yet when you watch the play, <laughs> having having heard this suggestion, just you might clarify, go... Just to clarify yeah. very quickly, they lined up for this play. The 49ers were, what the fuck are they doing? Called a timeout. They immediately lined up with the exact same formation and tried the exact same shit. And so, hear me out. I think Zeke is supposed to get leveled and and pancaked. He's then supposed to get up, be unaccounted for as a whatever. Sure. Catch the lateral Mm -hmm. and then run over to the right-hand side where, by that point, the offensive line have created some form of tunnel etc and have the option to then go back across himself to throw it to like the left hand side where the other blockers are waiting or like something along those lines i I think zeke getting plowed through is like what makes that play design quote unquote work i think i think it's it's honestly i think that's the entire part of it and whether he didn't get obviously the throw was off etc etc but like yeah. yeah fuck knows what they saw in practice to make them think that that would work you know i yeah. i don't know but my thinking is minus the whole zeke stuff he's meant to throw it to whoever was in the middle there who's then meant to lateral it back to the guy on the left hand side who's got two blockers in front of him and then they start you know, moving down the field that way, and the other guy's got a few blockers, so they do. Yeah, they can stretch out to the other side, etc. Um, 
it clearly didn't work. I don't like part of yeah. the problem with that play is you throw into the middle of the field yeah. because you've got yeah, to wait yeah, for the yeah. linemen to they can't go downfield immediately. Um so like and if you throw high, which why why did that throw high? Like it was an uncontested throw, right? Like it's kind of, you know, you just throw it quickly to him. You can shovel you know, why do you just throw it as a screen? Why do you not start as a screen and then he runs down the field? Like there's so many better ways to try whatever the hell they were thinking they were trying to do. Um, I, 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 honestly, I think it's because it sets... Like, this is what I mean. I think if, if if you go back and watch it, now that I've said that I think it's Zeke is supposed to catch the lateral, I think... Honestly, I think I think everything makes sense. No, well, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the play design enters yeah. a 1 out of 10 instead of a 0 out of 10. Um, but but let's let's move on from the Cowboys, um, who desperately need an offensive line and some weapons. Um, their situation with Zeke and Tony Pollard is wild, but we will talk about that <laughs> soon. Yeah. <laughs> TM. Um, but but I, I wanted to kind of gauge where you're at as as the only fan of a team on this podcast that that is still in the playoffs, etc. Um, this this has to be about as bad as it could have gone while still winning and staying healthy because yeah. the Eagles look unreal and they are levels above this Cowboys team on defense and on offense. And I I don't want to say that the Niners were lucky to win, but you can, you can literally point at like three different, like three plays and go, if those plays don't happen or happen slightly differently then the Niners are the ones trying to drive and win that game. Sure. Um, you know, my expectation now is, I don't want to say zero, uh, but I, I, I'm expecting the Eagles to beat the 49ers next week. Reason being that that will be the toughest test that the 49ers have faced. You know, they've got an incredible run game there. They've got two outstanding weapons. Whereas, you know, uh, C.D. Lamb had a great game. I think he had 10 catches for... Um, a good chunk of yardage don't ask me what it was but everyone else you know struggled um and that's kind of how the 49 you know 49ers struggle against you know wands um when it comes to um you know um playing defense pass coverage yeah pass coverage thank you as well as before when you've got two incredible weapons like the eagles have i think the 49ers might struggle to main you know contain the passing game as well um i mean all that said, they are the number one defense in the, the league, right? But the, um, the the thing the thing that really exacerbates the issue between having to play Brown and um, and Smith. Devonta Smith is Dallas Goddard plus Jalen Hurts' legs. Yeah, like that because then that means the middle of the field is a like is an absolute ball ache. And look, you you, you have. A bunch of guys outside of the front four who can fly, right? Um, you know, we don't have to talk up the 49ers linebackers. They are athletic as fuck, right? Mm. But... Very the, violent the, defense. The, there's only so many people you can run after. <laughs> and if the offense make, like, have plus one <laughs> more person running forward than you have trying to run after people, they only have to make you, like, to trick them once. And then it's sixty yards, and then it's a field goal at the very least. Like that, and and yeah. does it does it just come down to that? Does it just come down to a game where it's it's thirty five forty, and the difference is 
well, we we got like we managed to trick the defense once more than than they tricked us yeah. <laughs> because it could be that or it could be it could be sixteen thirteen, and you know I, I, like okay this is the portion of the podcast where Tom bags on Brock Purdy but he did not look good in this game. Um, there was a, a drop pick where he was saved from I think it was Ayuk. Um, Kittle made an obscene one-handed tippy <laughs> crab thing that you know, oh, ridiculous, right? That, that should never have been a completion. He missed a couple of like pretty gimme throws early, and 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 like yeah. But again, seventh rounder playing the best defense he played like that. This is yeah. what we thought. This is like this was the expected result, right? Um, and and so like turn it up a notch right you've got when you talk about what the eagles have and point to like chauncey gardner johnson who is a guy that this podcast has loved literally since before he was in the nfl draft um they that he is a phenomenal piece that you can point to and say like okay is he more athletic than Devo samuel no but is he part of what makes a defense much much harder for McCaffrey and Samuel to work against like yeah. undoubtedly yes so th- this These is are, yeah this is this is <laughs> this is the Super Bowl right like yeah this is, yeah like, yeah, oh, yeah yeah this this is prime like I, yeah. I I am so happy it is eight o'clock and not the half 11 game on Sunday yeah like because oh my god this is this is stock your fridge um ask your wife if she can put your son to bed because there is not a minute of this that you want to miss because it, it again even if it is that 16 to 13 one we talked about still going to be one of the best games of football to watch yeah you know and um, as a 49ers fan i will just say the moment that jimmy went down it was quite clear he had a serious ankle injury against the dolphins if you had said brock purdy will go undefeated and he'll take you to a championship game 100% buying your hand off of that, right? No question. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Um, so if they lose in this game, uh, I am at a point where I'm emotionally like, we've had a great season. I have no qualms with that. If he wins this game and we're in the Super Bowl, suddenly there's a lot more expectation coming back on the fact that we have one more game to win. And, you know, the fairy tale has happened with the Mr. Irrelevant, right? Sure, um, I understand. Um, Mike Mike Giannetti on the Spot Track podcast uh, rose... Rose raised, <laughs> Rosened. <laughs> Thank you. Made um, a very good point um, uh, this week when he talked about the the quarterback position in San Francisco, um, and he's like, Look, "Why? Why would you? Why would you ever pay a quarterback? Like, why would you ever do it? Like, okay, granted, we didn't see Nick Mullins do this, but Nick Mullins didn't have Christian McCaffrey. Like, <laughs> like, why? Why would you ever pay a quarterback?" And and yeah. he was he was talking about actually like okay I get why adding Trey Lance in terms of what Trey Lance brings adds another dimension yeah. but if if you're running something at like what you perceive to be eighty five to ninety percent of its its best possible thing you are more likely to fuck that up by adding in a totally new rogue element than you are to find that last five to ten percent yeah and so actually 
like wh- why would you want to put it in in Trey Lance's hands and more importantly his legs for 10 times a game and take it out of Christian McCaffrey's and um and Debo Samuel's hands and and Ayuk and Kittle like is is it really that much of a plus to you know and and the, the die is cast now right like you you've you've paid the pick so there's some sort of sunken cost there and whatever but like at, at this point if you are able to win these games and and I don't think necessarily that that anybody foresaw the 49ers defense being quite this good this season <laughs> you know had a lot of pieces but good god like this is fucking unworldly um and so you can't necessarily bank on that but if his his point was like why would you ever pay 40 mil a year for a quarterback when you can go and get like daniel jones has them in this same situation and i and i have no doubt about that yeah there's obviously a, a huge discussion going on amongst 49ers fans and I don't. I don't think I've seen it put to Carl yet because obviously he's still got things to focus on. Yeah, that, the, the, the person that asks question. him that question gets removed from any sort of 49ers yeah. press conference for quite a long time. Yeah, you know, it's what who's going to be a starting quarterback twenty three, right? Um, and I completely understand why people think it's Brock Purdy. You know, I, I I have been. I think it's fair to say a Brock Purdy fan uh, for a while now. Um, I haven't been very vocal about it though, Colin. Have so I not? If you, if you could speak up about your your draft loves sure. more, that'd be great. And like you know, his his half season has been fantastic. The other side of it is it's been a half season, right? And we've seen flashes in the pan come and go. And previously, need I remind you of um, Mike Glennon's incredible, or even um, Josh Freeman's Nick, incredible season for Tampa Bay? Nick Foles, um, like his Nick playoff Foles. run. Joe Flacco's yeah. playoff run, like these, these. these yeah. That's the thing that, like, when we talk about, oh, remember the Peyton Manning sweepstake? Like, the, the NFL history is long and vast, but we have seen this happen five times. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, from a personal perspective, I, you know, I think I would probably, if it, I was making the decision, stick with Trey Lance because, you know, at the moment, Brock Purdy's playing at a higher level than Trey did in his five quarters, but. You know, you know that his ceiling is potentially what Jalen Hurts has brought to the Eagles this year, and Jalen Hurts has two great weapons. But you know, he doesn't have Christian McCaffrey and George well, Kittle. That name. And that name, Christian McCaffrey, is the biggest. He, he's yeah. he's the best offensive playmaker, at, like outside of the quarterback position in the NFL. Yeah, and like he, he brought, uh, not Brock Purdy, Trey Lance didn't have him. Jimmy Garoppolo had him for about three snaps before his ankle snapped. Yeah, and, and like it is impossible to 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 equate the two because McCaffrey does like he just opens up, and that's yeah. why they traded so much for him. Like it, it's yeah. it's not but, it's not like know, they that... just chucked a little sixth rounder and went, oh yeah. fucking hell, like we've un- we've unlocked a gem here. It's like no, they got Christian fucking McCaffrey. Yeah, my my point being is I I still think there's a very good case as to why you stick to Trey Lance. The thing I'm struggling with is people are saying, well, trade away Trey Lance and then sign Tom Brady. And I'm like, I don't understand the logic of, well, you know, let's get something while we can for Trey Lance. And then we tell the guy that we've cut him for, you're going to be benched for Tom Brady. <laughs> like, it's, it's it's Madden players, bro. That's that's yeah. all that is. It's it's and, like, It's got to be that. And, and talk show. Like, and that's... rub your hands, Tom, because two weeks' time, that's all we're going to get till July. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, uh, 
the Tennessee Titans are on the phone and they offer the 11th overall pick for Trey Lance and you have to chuck back one of your many third rounders. <laughs> what, what do the Niners say? You uh, as the Niners GM. Right oh, now. me? No, because I'm still... I'm going to talk... To, I'm going to see if I can convince Brock to stay back up for another year. Uh, oh, oh, Brock... Like, the thing is, right, Brock knows he's a fucking backup. The, 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 league, the league understands that Brock Purdy is a QB2 on basically any other roster... And, and like, because because no other roster has this combination of offensive line, offensive mind, and weapons. This yeah, is the no, perfect blend. No, but someone's going to look at him and say, "Yeah, I can make him a full time starter based on what he's done." Someone's going to um, turn to him and go, "You could be Jim my, Ursay. you could be Jim my Ursay Matt Flynn." Make, Jim <laughs> you, you, you know what we need in twenty twenty three? We need a Matt Flynn type scenario yeah. <gasps> Frank Reich can go and sign him That's yeah. <laughs> Tom you just reminded me can we go back to the news drop because we did not talk about the Jim Ursay rumour <laughs> that happened last week we need it we need it. Oh, fine we'll do an extended version of this shall we with the uh, with the Jim Ursay rumour latest morning paper morning star paper mister Call it was reported go. this week that the reason uh, Josh McDaniel did not sign with the Colts as the head coach uh, back in 2019 a couple uh, years ago, sure. yeah, uh, was because his wife convinced him not to based on the fact that when Jim Irsay came to the house he seemed weird and off and then spent an abnormally long time in the bathroom uh, you, Brad and I have discussed this we each have a different theory Tom, tell me your theory well, the internet is a wonderful place. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get many things that uh, tickle your fancy. Um, and I, th- I, I instantly assumed that he was tickling his own fancy for, for, for a, 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 quote, abnormally strange amount of time. Yeah, I assumed he was wrecking porcelain. This is based on uh, experience I've had sharing a bathroom with you where you have wrecked porcelain. <laughs> I've destroyed a travel lodge toilet with you before, yeah. Yes. Um... <laughs> So I can understand why that might take an abnormally long time for him to be in the bathroom. Um, uh, Brad believed that he was probably uh, doing lines. Um, but I think the thing we can both agree on is he can't be doing lines and, you know, tickling his own fancy because there's no way he's finishing tickling his own fancy based on the amount of coke that we're pretty confident he is doing in his life, right? Quote, an abnormally odd amount of time. Yes. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the And The Kick Is Good podcast. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at The Kick Is Up. But until next week, it's goodbye from me. Love you.